Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Fumi. And it's Mike. And we wanted to make a quick announcement before we started the podcast. Our next Hack City Comedy Show is happening on February 19th, 8 o'clock at Canal Street Market. Visit AsianNotAsianPod.com for tickets. See you there. Um, the Asian Avengers. So weak. The Asian <laughs> Avengers. So weak. So, so fuckable, bro. You know? Whoa. Whoa. There's five Asian guys together. Wow. Together. Did you ever um, go through a stealing phase? Do I think everyone should have a gun? Maybe. Or you can look me up. I don't care. I'll fight you. I don't care. You want to get high as fuck? You, you like opium? Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Asian Not Asian Podcast, a podcast for two Asian guys not from Asia. Talk about American issues no American cares about. I'm your host, Fumi Abe. And I'm Mike Nguyen. Quick shout out to our network, Listening Party and Canal Street Market. Check out those guys on Instagram at Listening Party Presents and at Canal Street Market. Also, if you're listening to this on your phones right now via SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, whatever, take a screenshot and post it on Instagram stories. Tag us at Asian Not Asian Pod. Ooh, I got one. Okay, and then write tell these following. Us, t- okay, go ahead. Tell us yes. how you like your coffee. How you like your coffee? Yeah. yeah. Light and sweet. Ooh. Ooh black. Dark and swarthy. Ooh. Mm. Uh, do you think our listeners drink coffee? How do you like your tea? How do you like your, yeah, coffee or tea. I'm not a coffee drinker myself, but uh, love anals, we love you. Definitely post about us because that helps a lot. A lot. Um, before we get to the guest today, I would like to just tell a little... Just something happened to me. Yeah, it was very, very exciting. Yeah, it was. You know, you uh, if you're uh, a long time anal, you know, from time to time we do talk about JFL, which is kind of like uh, it's since we're just for laughs, just for laughs, which is for people who don't know, it is like a um, it's like a a big deal to get. Yes, it's a big. De- it's like the king of the all the comedy festivals. Yeah, in many ways, it's the only one that really counts. Like all the other ones are like those are nice. Yeah, but this yeah, was yeah. the one where you're like, oh, if you have a JFL credit. You, uh, you can tell other comics that and they go oh you're somebody yeah you're, exactly you, you got like you got some skills yes they'll want to suck your dick for sure for sure so so uh, did you get your dick sucked I no well I was uh, I, I performed for the chance to get my dick sucked <laughs> I guess is what I did I, I auditioned there's like two rounds of auditions I did the first one yep and I'd never done it before it's the, fr- it's, I, it's the first time I you know I was repped and stuff so I, I, I went and I, and I did it and the whole thing was very cool. Like I was very excited to be a part of it. I, I've I've seen my friends audition in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's weird because if you audition on like a Monday, nobody's there except industry, so nobody laughs. Right. So I've seen like my friends bomb at these like really important auditions. Yeah. You know, not that it matters because like jokes are jokes, and they're right. still gonna pick whoever thought that was funny. But I was kind of scared, and, and I show up, and um, couple couple things I thought were really cool. There were like a decent amount of Asian people on my showcase. Yeah, you said. And there were three, including myself. And I just thought that was like, uh, that was cool. You yeah. know, I, I don't know that that was the case five years ago. No. You know? And I think they were like, we we're all there. And it was a lot of those things where it's like, oh, of course, like, of course they're here. You know what I'm saying? Of course yeah, it makes sense. here. Of course. So that was awesome. Um, but also I was, I was telling you this, uh, it, the whole process was like, I felt like I was in like some cool anime <laughs> thing because uh, everybody like shows up with their managers and everybody's like talking to them before they're set about like what jokes to do and stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, And yeah. it's like, again, going back to sports anime, but it's like, oh, it's, it's so-and-so from this high school and so-and-so from this high school. I saw we're all wearing different jerseys, Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> watch, watch, watch his backhand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, that's the, that's the guy with the legendary poop bit. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that you were, uh, wa- you were like watching some tennis anime. What no, it's that? it's volleyball. Oh, oh my god, <laughs> it's worse. Even dorkier. <laughs> I can't even believe that Dude, they make an anime I'm about that. So into it. What is like a recent one? Is like a new it's one. It's new. It's very popular. It's called Haikyuu. 
Okay, it's what so is, good. What is the? Is there like an ankle? Is like I mean, have you seen like Slam Dunk or something? It's like the same yeah. shit. It's like Prince of Tennis, same shit. It's like a high school volleyball team making it to nationals. Oh, but it's like I the see. journey of these, and it's like one, it's the two main characters: one guy who's like extremely talented, and the other guy is just physically talented. Oh, I and see. He has I no see. skills, and so, anyways, but if I felt like I was that like, was you, that was me, but with comedy, but with comedy, <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> so I was pumped, dude. Um, but I you could, know, yeah, yeah, I, I could tell that you were very excited. Um, cause w- you were messaging me after the show and I was like, Fumi has been drinking. Oh, I, I was drinking because usually Fumi is very just like, yeah, I did the show and, uh, and now I'm, I'm going home. I got to work, you know? And this time you were like, man, this wave is happening, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> my life is an anime, man. You know? Yeah. I did say that. I'm, I'm like, wow, it's like so crazy, dude. You know, like, uh, you know, like y- y- I- I'm this guy and, and you're like the, you're like the, the bald old, old guy in anime. <laughs> And I, and I was like, Fumi is like having, like his emotions are leaking out. They're leaking and out. I was like, you have been drinking. That's the. Which is fine. Which is great. I was like, oh, that's cute. Um, yeah, but so yeah, dude. I mean, so that's sick, dude. Yeah. Shout out to White Claw for letting my emotions leak. <laughs> uh, when I drink White Claw, White Claw, I get very emotional. But yeah, yeah. So that happened. That was cool. Another thing that we did together recently that was, that was very sick. cool. Another, yeah. fest, another comedy festival. Hey, take it back. This one also matters. <laughs> that's right it's Asian Comedy <laughs> Festival and it uh, was really cool some of the fans who came out to uh, our live show thank you so much for doing that that was uh, just last week yeah our, it our was third podcast recording that was really fun it was cool what I liked about it is um, so like it was like a weekend of all Asian comedy so it was like a Saturday and a Sunday at the pit and there was like I don't know maybe like six or seven shows per day yep. starting at like four or five and then like went all the way and you know we were like lucky enough to be one of the head- headliners yeah in it um and uh it was like every show was packed and I was like I was like you know who's gonna show up at a stand-up show at five o'clock yeah but we went you and I went um early because we want we needed to do some work and we set up and stuff like that and so we went to watch some 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 comics and like the shows were all full all sold out and yeah. everybody was there and like it was like one comedy one asian comedian after another and i this may not seem obvious to a lot of people actually i don't know i i think a lot of people will i hear this sometimes oh if we have five asian comics then we'll run out of things to talk about i always hear that oh yeah 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 and if I mean, any it, you you watch any of those shows? It was like five comics in a row, and they couldn't be more different from each other. Like right, right, right. They, right. W- they're like the way they grew up, their styles, yep. their like their punches, their angles, like everything is completely different. Yeah, yeah. And it was like there was no way you could say, "Oh, that guy was like doing the same thing." Yeah, I mean, I also like the um, the audience was pretty down, very down. You know, we always, I feel like comics who came up from like 2014 ish were always like scared of Asian audience members because like we don't know what they're. We just into. don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, but it wasn't like that at all. Like I. Feel feel like they were like i'm gonna go i think they were comedy fans yeah i, I think they had seen comedy before yes and this is just like another thing that they're doing because they like comedy yes so you know? like yeah i think it was um people who were just interested to see what you know different comics had to bring i like too that uh you and i were the senpai corner we were in the senpai corner we were in the, in the senpai corner it was like you and me in the corner just like you know like uh, like mm, look at this kid here you know, <laughs> hey, he's got some moves. He's got some moves. <laughs> <laughs> he's got promise. You I'll, know, I'll see you at the top, baby. I'll see you at the top. <laughs> Give it a couple more years, kid. You know, I had my toothpick. I know. Out. We had our jackets on too. Yeah, we had yeah, our jackets yeah, yeah. on. I had my shinai, and I was like smacking people. <laughs> and I was like, you know, like occasionally going over. Hey, hey, good job, good set. You, you know? know, you know what's funny about that? Because we were like joking that we're like, oh, we're the like comedy senpais. We're the Asian comedy senpais in the back. But then we're like, we're not even booked on the show. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> like they're they yeah, they're the ones you're doing. They're like, on hey, the show. Hey, good job. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'm not on the show. I got no, some pointers. No. Are, you, are you going up? No, 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 dude, no I, I gotta no. go. I'm not on the show. Oh man, but that, it was so much fun, and uh, I want to talk a little bit more about that with our, our guest today, who is uh, in fact he's actually the founder, one of the co- one of the co-producers of Asian Comedy Festival. Yes. So let's get excited. Give it up for Ed Pukropski. Hey. hey, guys. Thank you for wow. I can't believe I got your last name right just now. You nailed it. I, no, you really oh, did. God. I no, never get it right. It's because my girlfriend is um, Eastern European, so oh, okay, I'm used to the skis. Whew, thank goodness. Yeah, thank yeah, goodness yeah, for yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, people may be confused if they're listening on this podcast because your name is Ed Pukropski. Pukropski. Yes. Which and is they're like, Polish, right? It's they're, Polish. And yeah. they're like, what's going on with this what Polish guy? Yeah, he's throwing yeah. Asian comedy festivals. <laughs> he's, he's throwing Asian <laughs> comedy festivals. <laughs> 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 this guy has Asian <laughs> fetish like a motherfucker. Yeah. Well, piece of crap. Yeah, how, well, how are Mike and Fumei letting this happen? <laughs> this guy, they're, they're sucking this Polish <laughs> guy's dick. Asian, not Asian. Not good anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, guess what, <laughs> listeners? There's a little, the, the, the Asian face is looking back at me. Yes, yes. yes. Is, there's a twist. Yes. So he, go ahead. And the twist is that Ed is actually... Korean! Wow! Ninety, uh, according to my twenty-three and Me test, I am ninety-one percent Korean. Whoa! What's the other nine? Uh, The other is um, Japanese. Whoa! But mostly (laughs) Korean. When did you do twenty-three and Me? Did you do it? I did it um, two years ago. Uh, my girlfriend got it for me, actually. Uh, oh, yeah. What a, what a weird gift. Well, <laughs> well it was just because <laughs> like, are you hey, sure you're Korean? Yeah, yeah, are you, you sure? <laughs> well, we have been joking and I had talked about it. Like, it, it because there's also some things like it gives you a little bit of medical history stuff, which oh, I, right, I don't right. have. Yeah. Um, but it gives you that. And uh, people would always joke because they, they, they actually, a lot of people have told me, other Asians too, that they think that I, they thought I was mostly Japanese. They thought that there was going to be some sort of weird like twist in the thing, <laughs> what? and it came it's back and it was like, nope, you're you're mostly South Korean, no ah. no twist here. Yeah, so that was yeah that ah. was the thing too. So so you're you're adopted. I'm adopted. Yes. Maybe we, I just maybe we can start here with the, your sort of background. The background so. story. Yeah. Background. The origin yeah. story. Yeah. Where, 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 where are you, are you from? from? Okay, so I'm from uh, South Korea, from Seoul, and I was um, so I was abandoned uh, at about uh, like a little bit over 12 months old, like uh, over a year old, like mm. 13 months. So I was uh, abandoned and then found like uh, near kind of like a park area. What? And then, yeah. And then so I was... So not even at like a fire well, station? Well, there's, so there's, in, uh, that there's an interesting about that. So okay. I was, so I was found there and then turned over to the authorities. The authorities turned me over to the orphanage and then I was adopted like six months later, about like 19 months. They didn't even try to look for your parents? So they do. So basically what happens is the orphanage will like put up a posting in the in the area. This is, again, this is like 1985 that right, this all right, went right. down. Um, well, 84 into 85. But um, the they'll put up a posting um, in the area to say, you know, this we, we found this kid. And if anyone wants to come forward, this is the information. This is where he's at. And they do that for every, you know, child found or, you know. In right. this, but, of course, at a certain point in the 80s, like, it's not the Internet wasn't. Right, 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 right. So it's it's you know it's very much just like in the surrounding area. You yeah. put up posts and that's it. Um, so then yeah, you sort of wait to see if anyone comes forward. If no one comes forward in a certain amount of time, then you're basically put into the system for adoption. Right. So they they looked as much as you could back then. Right. Uh, and again, if if someone did want to come forward, they there's only so many places that they could have come forward that, yeah. that naturally makes right. sense. Right. Yeah. 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 Um. So yeah, the only I, I say a park only because that where I was left or found is in the uh, the file because I had gone back to Korea about three years ago. Okay. Um. 
to like go back to the orphanage right. and like see the area and see yeah, the yeah, place yeah. and just be there. Um, the the file had an address, and after a certain point, like in the 80s like early 90s a lot of the addresses and a lot of like the geography of uh seoul and korea like that area sort of (coughs) shifted so Mm. so certain things became other things Uh, so it was kind of hard to i could i was able to go back and pin like pin down a general area of it right and the most like the closest thing was this like very large park in that general vicinity along the strip of things that could have been like a row of apartments at some point or That's homes. Crazy, yeah. It could have been the, right. the homes catty corner to that. Yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. like the most like closest the area. thing that was mm. like at least a somewhat of a landmark. So it was like that's that was like the closest idea of where it could be. You don't remember any of this? No, I don't remember any of uh, of Korea, Korea at all. Okay. Yeah, I mean, technically, I guess your first language was Korean because pe- one of yours talk. Right, right, bit, right. So that's when I was, and uh, later my adopted uh, mom told me the only one of the only words like I was very quiet when I was first adopted. I didn't talk much, um, but one of the only words I would say is "oma." So oh. I knew the I knew the word the Korean word for mom. Yeah. So that just, damn dude. that's like, dude. One, yeah, yeah. So that's like damn. one little piece of the puzzle is I must've been with my mom at some point. So don't cry. It's okay. I'm going to fucking cry. Bro. <laughs> yeah, God yeah, damn. Yeah. <laughs> um, get out. Uh, <laughs> bring out the big, so guns, you, dude. okay. So you got, uh, the adoption process, like, did they come, like, do they come and see you? Like y- your adoptive parents? Well, or? so they, um, and I, I joke about this sometimes is that, you know, when my adoptive parents were going through the process, you know, they were in California at the time and they, you know, were working through the agency was working with the orphanage in uh, Korea. And they, you know, you can actually select like your <laughs> yeah, the things yeah, you yeah. want in a kid. You yeah, know, yeah. like oh, okay. I want a kid this roughly this age. I don't you know, I don't want an adolescent or a teen. I'd rather have a new newborn to an right. infant. And you can say, you know, you can specify sex. You can say, I want a, a male or a female. Um, and you can get a little bit like, these are the requests. I always joke like you're making a salad. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> you, you can you can make your requests and then they sort of like try say, to they, they try they to match you up. Yeah. Right. And they gave my mom a, a picture of me and they were like, here's here's one. And, uh, <laughs> they were like, what do you think? And they were like, if you don't like this kid, don't worry. We have others. Like oh, they shit. literally yeah, said yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and my mom was like, no, no, no. This is great. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll take I'll take them. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, so she had never met you. She, she had never picture. met me. It was a picture. It was a file. It was like, here's the information we have based on what you're looking for. A, a, a boy around this age, you know, this situation. Here's here's what we have. And my mom was like, great. I, I love him. Give him. I'll take him. You know, so that's that was they never came. I mean, I know in some cases you can do that. You can take a trip over and I guess see or whatever. But they didn't do that. They just got the, the file and everything. And then. They flew me over with like you know uh, other kids that were being adopted in a in a you know pocket area. So they flew me over, and then I met the first time I met my adopted parents was in um, in an airport. Oh shit! Yeah. So in, and, and in you were like one or two at this point. Yeah, I was like I was 19 months old. Is it, are you? Do you know if if you were part of like? Because I know that there was a wave of like Korean ad- uh, adoptees at a certain point. Like yeah, part I was of that part wave? of that wave. That was yeah, yeah like we, the 80s. Because, because I'm wondering like you know why yeah. I'm, I'm wondering like why couldn't you just be adopted with like another Korean family or was it was they trying to ship them out because the economy was not so good? Back well, then? yeah, I think it was. Um, I mean, that was part of it. I think there was there was some stuff going on with with the economy and and, and there was just like yeah, there was a big push and a big wave for for Korean adoptees at the time. Also, the other thing that was happening just, you know, from a, a legal thing that was happening is that any 
adoptions happening within the U.S., they were still very much like this open thing where a mother could come back after any stretch of time and reclaim a kid. Oh, shit. Like, they could come Whoa. back and say, I made a mistake, you know, after years. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They could come back and say, I made a mistake that I really would like my kid back, please. And oh, a kid and could the have kid gotten adjusted for seven, seven yeah, and ten then have years to go and then have to go with a the person. They, ha- they, they have know. to go back. Yes, they have to go. Because the mother, the, in those situations, and again, I, I'm not a lawyer or anything. I don't know what the different, like, aspects of it were. But... You know, just to right. oversimplify, that was basically the idea is that wow. the mother had fi- the biological mother had final say yeah. in most of these adoptions. Interesting. Within um, at least within Korea and, and other Asian countries, it was very much most of them were just like you give up the kid. If no one comes forward, that's it. It's done. Yeah. And, and it's, it's closed. And now like an ocean divides you. Mm. Yeah. And now like there is no there is There's no reclaim. No, there is no reclaim. And the other thing is that like even for people who gave their who like walked to the orphanage and gave their kids up and filled out all the paperwork even they themselves could in many cases wow. made it they checked the box to close the adoption meaning that the kid couldn't come back and contact them if they wanted to damn so that also was happening at the time so there was a big push for um anyone who wanted to adopt a, a kid from the u.s or yeah. the uk or wherever um, there was a big push from those from Korea and those types of uh, c- countries because this stipulation was there. You would be guaranteed and you'd know if I adopt a kid, that's it. That's it's, it. He, they're, they're mine they're for, for yeah. our life. And we can we can yep. just know that that's it. And, and it's done. And I think that was the other reason why there was such a boom in transracial adoptions uh, at at what I'm you know, there's I'm I'm sure you've been dealing with this your whole fucking life. So like at is there a certain point where you realize, you know, that you're adopted and did they have to have a, you know, was there like a long discussion about it or was, or was it more kind of, because for, I mean, I mean, even for me, when I was a kid, like the idea of race didn't really click in my mind. Yeah. I was like, I didn't realize that I looked like my parents and like other parents, mm. kids look like, mm. I just, sure. I actually, for a while, for a long time, I thought kids were random. I right. thought it was just like <laughs> I really did. I was like, oh, what if we have like you know, like I remember my 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 sister was being born. I was like, oh, I wonder if she'll be black. I was like, I just didn't <laughs> make sense to me in my mind. Was, Each time it just keeps coming up. I was like, oh, oh this yeah. could be you know, I wonder what she. And then and then I saw my sister and I was like. Oh, oh, we look like each other. <laughs> Got it. But, That's you know, so is there like a was it for was there like a thing for you that like was like oh shit or was it kind of because you grew up you know and you didn't have like all these other memories? Was it more kind of like organic or? What? I'd say for the so we were in California for about you know five to six years and I'd say when I was there that's that's when I really had like you said, had no idea about the differences of race or, or whatever. Like the school, like the preschool I went to was, uh, was somewhat uh, diverse. Uh, and I felt like I was just, I was like, this is how things are. This is, everyone lives this way. Um, and my mom was pretty good about, um, she would always like tell me a story that she sort of made up from like the file and whatever else. Like she made up a story about my uh, Korean mom, like leaving me, but being there and making sure I was okay. Got it. So I felt, I felt like okay without all those things that like I could barely even understand. Yeah. And my mom did have a um, had a Korean friend from who was from Korea. She but she was living in the U.S. and she like owned a, like a small roadside like hotel. And she sort of helped her 
like specifically Understand. with my yeah with yeah. my brother they were able to give him like a traditional korean first birthday party oh, okay because he was adopted like under that right you know, under that so they were able, she was she helped her in like uh, you know doing that uh for him so it was there was some stuff that helped a little bit early on my parents my adoptive parents eventually they got a divorce and we ended up moving me my brother and my mom to philadelphia mm-hmm. when that happened that's when it everything changed in terms of the idea or knowledge of being adopted and when things got a little bit more How like come? hard because we moved to we moved to a part of philadelphia that was that was mostly white mm-hmm. and um, how, how old were you? I was six years old. Okay. Okay. So, okay. so the divorce was going on, and then we're, there was that, which is hard on you know oh, any yeah, kid that isn't tough, part. Right. Of, yeah. So there's that, and then we go into this new school. You know, we don't know anyone. Uh, you know, we're, we're still young, and not a lot of kids know each other at that point either. And anyway, but we go into this new school. We're d- we're like one of a few like non-white uh, kids, sure. and yeah, it was it was a bit of a shock without knowing uh, fully what was going on. Um, and yeah, in that first like couple of years, like my mom was, you know, trying to raise us as a single mom and figuring all that stuff out. Um, so there was times that I was like, you know, doing after school programs and all this stuff. Um, and I would get teased for like a variety of things. And like I, as a kid, like I didn't know how to deal with it. So I would get into a lot of fights. Oh, and, really? Like, yeah. Oh, so, really? Yeah. So it was like, yeah. <laughs> You're just like the nicest guy I know. Well, I know. Well, I, that's how I got rid of all that stuff. <laughs> um, but no, it was one of those things where, where like, yeah, I felt. You know, I felt like it was, I was like, you know, it was hard for me to understand why this is happening. What was it, like, you'd get, like, Asian shit? Yeah, Asian shit. Well, and the other thing was, I was like, I was a really chubby kid. So, like, add Asian with chubbiness, and you got a lot of, like, sumo. You got a lot of sumo stuff. Oh, Yokozuna, the professional wrestler. Oh, the wrestler. The wrestler, that's, I got that a lot. Yeah. So, it's like, you add, you know, as kids always do, no matter who you are, they always pick out the very surface level, the quick things that they can do. So, I will say it wasn't always just, you know, obviously, it wasn't just about being adopted like that they couldn't that that's not something they had any jokes in their arsenal for it was like asian chubby yeah we got, got this it. got um it. easy so <laughs> so i won't say the adoption part necessarily made it, it made it hard but I, but you're right about the idea the the adoption thing that made it hard was like i was with what what was con, you know considered my peers were mostly you know white yeah and i just yeah i just wanted to fit in i i want to right i liked video games i like baseball i like all these things that i just wanted to enjoy and i wanted to feel like uh like i was just another kid in that neighborhood another philadelphian you know uh in those ways and i just couldn't and it it was frustrating and then eventually when i did get to like high school and i went to a, a a high school that was much more diverse um you know there was a big uh, Asian population within that school that I couldn't connect with. I couldn't, right. I couldn't figure that out, and I thought it would be easier, but I felt alienated. So then I projected this energy that I'm sure made them not want to, you know, mm-hmm. they'd be like, "Who's this?" You know, he's he's not very Asian or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like that whole thing was like this vicious circle of of not being able to, you know, lock it down or figure it out in those different times for different reasons. What, right. What are the like Asian? American kids do or say specifically were or like maybe they didn't do it to you but what were they doing that you felt like uh, functioned as a barrier between you and them well I think it was just I mean I think honestly it was on me to be perfectly honest they were just being them they were being themselves and I was like 
sometimes I definitely went through that phase where I'm like, I'm not, I'm not really Asian. I'm basically right. white, and yeah, I have yeah, mostly yeah. white friends. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not, ha ha ha, I'm not Asian. Blah blah blah. So I went through that self-loathing phase for sure, and I think that trickled over. And I think that they could, I always say that they could, they could, they could it. smell it. Ah. And I think that's part of it. it they were just being yeah. themselves, and there just was. There, I had already put up these that thing, these yeah. barriers that I hadn't realized at the time that I just thought was was joking or I thought it was my personality, but in reality it was just obviously it was like a defense mechanism for me not being able to understand and and bring all this in and and understand it at one time. Ed, what did you eat at home? Oh, t- oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> what did you eat? Question. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so I I ate like the first thing I ever learned how to cook was um, no, not you, bro. No, what did your parents cook? For no, you? well that's what I mean. It's the first thing I ever learned was was spaghetti and meatballs. That's what my mom like, oh, made. Like okay. she also made um she would also make uh, kielbasa and pierogies. That sounds um, nice. Yeah. yeah. So there was things that she made, uh, and then you know, just usual American fare like sloppy joes and stuff right, like right, that. Right, right. I the sloppy whole joes. yeah no. I for thought real. that was I thought that was like uh, if if I wanted to make fun of a white person and use a vicious stereotype, <laughs> <I'm> like, oh, <laughs> go sloppy. ahead and eat it's a sloppy, sloppy joe. joe. I remember watching this as a, I would watch it, watch it as a kid. I was watching it on the TV and I was like, I guess I kind of want to eat it, but I'm like, this also sounds weird. But I'm like, do people eat this? That's so people do. My mom do. had the same reaction. She like saw the lunch. This is when I was. This is like '99. She was yeah. like reading the lunch menu. Yeah. And she was like, sloppy joe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was like, oh. that is so fucking funny. Oh, like, okay. So, so, so reading no, it. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, so we ate, you know, we ate that type of stuff. I mean, the, in terms of uh, the Asian food, I had to find that on my own. Okay. Like my brother and I, we had to like seek that out. So that's a good, so that's a good, so did you like have a Asian awakening at certain point? Oh yeah. Yeah. You know? I think it when was. you're like, I love rice. Yeah, yeah, I think it was me. <laughs> the sloppy Joe. <laughs> start crying. Give me a rice and banana. I put the sloppy Joe on top of the rice. Yeah, yeah, um, he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm Asian, like, right? Right, right guys. That's why you didn't have an Asian friend. Because you're like, like why, is, why is he eating delicious. that? Hey, who knows? That dog food. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think like the the that awakening happened more so when I got to college. Right. I and feel a lot. Man, that's of a long time, time, though. No, it is. But bec- I mean, it was uh, being in that environment, being in Philly, and being in that. And again, I'm not. I'm not talking shit on Philly at all. I'm just saying, like, you were my, just trying to fit in. Yeah, I was just trying yeah. to fit in. I was just trying to, you know, I was like, this is me. This is my thing. Right. And I, I did push away the whole idea of like, what is being Asian? What is right, being Asian right, American? Right, right, what right. is that? So finally, when I got to college and then started, um, you know, I, you know, did an internship. That that helped me like broaden even just further. Not even just with Asian. Uh, but just more different like people mm. and from different where'd you go to school uh, I went to Drexel mm-hmm. in, in Philly yeah yeah mm-hmm. and and then I think like going out with people to like different you know Experience. restaurants yeah, 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 yeah. I think the doors open to Asian food when my mind opened to all different yeah. foods from everywhere all sorts of stuff so I, I I found you know I fell in love with like the idea of trying different foods and, and doing all that stuff and Asian part was obviously part of that um, so yeah I think it's one of those things that was it was it, it took a while and it took a lot of like trial and error, but also like just thinking I had it figured out, and then yeah. you know meeting other people or finding like I, I still was just clueless about what it really meant. So I think yeah, that that's that's where it first started is like probably college to to, to just so, starting. To so work. do you not have? And it's okay, it's totally okay if you don't have this. Yeah. But because you didn't like grow up eating Asian food and stuff, like do you not have a day where you're just like. Oh, I need some fucking noodles. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I, I have that constantly. I have that now for sure because yeah. I just I think you've my been exposed. Is, yeah, I've been exposed to changed. my diet has changed. I yeah. have that now. Uh, you know, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, yeah. For for that that definitely came on board. For, you know, I crave I crave rice and noodles all you the time. You got a rice cooker? Yeah. 
Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Oh my god! Hundred, <laughs> hundred of grilling me on my Asian card. Let's see your. Let's see your. Let's see your. Let's see your papers. Does it whistle? Does it sing? Let me see your. Let me see your Asian papers. Rice cooker. I want to like bring this back to the thing we were talking about at the beginning with the Asian Comedy Festival because. Um, oh, you know what? Maybe now you're like real Asian. So you're yeah, like more Asian than so, oh, yeah, I've overcompensated on the other side. No, yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's interesting. So you know, you created this festival that's one of the first you know Asian comedy festivals on the East Coast, and it's a big deal. It's packed out. It's a huge success, and you know, there's an Asian wave happening right now. People care about Asian representation. For you, and again, like it's totally cool if you don't feel this way because you don't have to feel the way you're supposed to or whatever. Right, but right. like, I was just wondering. You know, like themes like representation and like Asian born media, um, the stuff that like maybe Mike and I are more conscious about. Like, you know, does that naturally like mean a lot to you, or do you? Is there like a little bit of distance just because like you didn't necessarily identify with that culture for a long time? No, I, it absolutely means a lot to me. Um, you know, having started the 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 stand up show, the unwashed one. Um, you know, I started out in media when I went to school like I wanted to be a filmmaker I wanted to work somehow in television or media or something um, and I didn't think about the whole representation thing right away when I first started I just knew I wanted to you know somehow be involved and be creative or write or something um, it you know it wasn't until you know starting to consume more or just seeing where it was the th my blind spots even just growing up um, that it sort of became more apparent and I think seeing things like movies that were getting whitewashed years you know now and a couple of years ago when that was like the the big topic um I was like I realized that I at least had some experience and I had always w been behind the camera and I think that's one of the first things that got me into doing stand-up comedy where I was like I want to try to contribute something. I'm, I'm not, it's not going to help me just keep sitting here and like reading an article and then complaining to a friend and then yeah, being yeah, like, yeah. I, I'm like, mm. well, I have some discernible skill in some way. Let me see if I can try to be a little bit more forward facing. And if I can't do it or if I'm not, if it's not me, at least may, I'll be exposed to or meet other people that it is them. So that was like the first, that's why I got into stand-up comedy in the first place was to be more visible. So I think the whole Asian American um, uh, visibility and media thing is like super important to me. And even more so like the idea of being adopted, uh, you know, doesn't change that at all. Mm. The, the, the adoption part is just a different like, story or version of the overall yeah. big idea. This is like another one of the yeah. stories yeah. in the big story. Yeah, in yeah, the bigger like story. That. And it's like we all have different backgrounds and we all have these different stories and they it's great for them to be told. So I think it's nice. Well one, I was I was super excited when you told me you had listeners like reach out about wanting to hear this. A lot of them. That's oh, great. you've been reaching yeah. out for a while. Yeah, there's a bunch. <laughs> I think that's that that made me feel really good about it. Um because it's like I think everyone within like you know, just speaking about the Asian American community, I think sometimes we all think like, oh, our story's not getting covered or or this thing is getting talked about, but not this thing. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think it's it's easy for us all to be like, you know, when is our when is our time even within our yeah, small even thing? Within, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. think it's nice that like we all are saying like, listen, we're all going to get there. That's right. the point And that's the hope. And we we're all keeping to push forward so that more of these stories, no matter what matter, if it's uh, adopted Asian or if it's, you know, uh, first generation, whatever the story is uh, that it gets out there. And, you know, that's the point. That's the goal. Is there, yeah. um, as I was telling Fumi before, um, before, before you showed up, um, like one time I was in K town, I was like hanging out and, uh, you know, I was at a bar and stuff like that and it was chill. And it was like, it was full of, full of, Asian people and I was like okay 
and I was noticed everybody speaking English, and I was like, okay, that's fine too. Um, and then I noticed that there was like a little sign on the table, like a couple of the tables, and it was what was happening was there was a meetup oh, for yeah. uh, Korean adoptees. Yeah, and everybody was doing this. I was part. I'm part of one of those. Oh, really? Yeah. So is there, you know, is when you guys come, is there like adoptee? culture <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. well yes there is it's like, uh, it's like god guys sloppy joes am i right um how do you poke this bubble tea strong <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. is this how you do yeah. it no. <laughs> um absolutely there is uh I, I i'm i do work sometimes with a group called aka uh also known as it's an asian uh a korean adoptee group and um yeah so there's meetups and there's hangouts i mean it, you know, it's 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 talking about similar experiences, but it's also like going through that and hearing, you know, even within myself, I thought, and I know a lot of people think this way that the Asian adoptee experience is there's just one narrative yeah, to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think one narrative that always gets pushed is like, you're adopted, it's a white family, everything's great after that. Yeah, you, you were saved from a situation, and yeah. now now everything's cool. Mm. And that is obviously not the case. Is that you know no, I've yeah. talked to so many you went, you went to adoptees, Philly. right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't I get adopted by Angelina Jolie? But um, <laughs> uh, I talked to a lot of ad- and they go into the same. They can go into the same type of situations um, as you know anyone just born into a biological family. Sometimes right. there's there's alcohol or drug abuse. Sometimes there's there's you know uh, other types of things, and people get given away again. You know, so there's yeah. so the path of adoptees is so you know winding for so many different people sure and i think that's like that's what these groups are for is to share different experiences share different things um and i think everyone there is trying to connect with parts there's there's always like a yearly trip that people can take back to korea through through one of these groups right um and i think there is just this you know constant trying to understand always trying to learn something new connect with what it means to be asian american but also connect with what it means to be adopted right. within a you know transracial family or, or that too. Um, how many times have you been back to Korea? Just the one time. Mm. No, and I went back and it was like yeah, it was yeah, it was me. Was it cra- was it yeah? It was crazy. It? it was it was crazy. I went back and um, you know I had one file f- that my mom had had from the uh, the the agency when I was adopted. I was like this is the file, and I thought this was it. And yeah. then I went, you know, I went I went with a friend of mine that I'd known for a long time and. Um, you know, we, we hung out a little bit. Like, he was a great person to hang out with because he's, he's just kind of like a, a fun idiot, <laughs> but, like, yeah, in a yeah. great way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, so he was, like, my lighthearted, like, guy to just, like, chill with and whatever. Um, and eventually he, like, left. And then when I, I went to the orphanage uh, on my own, and, you know, it, they were, it was very easy. I, I talked to a social worker ahead of time. She's like, yeah, let's set up a date, and then you can come in and see your file and do all the stuff. Wow. And I um, so I came in, and it was just, like, there was, you know, like a – a room and she came out and brought my file that they had there. Wow. And I was like, cool. And I opened it up and there was stuff in there I had never seen before. Like what? Like like other files, like handwritten things about the night that I was found. Oh like shit. Like just further details and, and pictures from the orphanage. Just things that I hadn't realized were there before that they had on file there. Um, it talked about like how my demeanor was that night and mm. and how much I ate that night. Mm. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Why did they write that? Well, the, 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 because they were like, uh, this guy I mean, what eating. I mean is like they were actually like he drank, you know, 40 cc's. That's not the right number. Whatever it is. 
they were like very detailed. Oh, they so were, like, they, dry, he, he might have been dry, hi- dehydrated or something. Yeah, yeah. They were like mm. they they marked it down as more of like a medical yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah. So oh. I had all these things that were just like other pieces of this puzzle. Obviously, there was nothing there about my my parents, my mom. My, you know, it was just it was just the general thing of where I was found and that right. the time of night, all those things that um, I hadn't known before. So that was interesting. And I think like I tell people this all the time is that the movies that are out there right now, like um, Twinsters or Lion, like anytime there's an adoptee story, the story is it was a million and one shot and then they yeah, found their family. They found their family. And I know these are based on true stories. Yeah, so of that's course. great. Yeah, yeah. I get it. But these are always the stories that are pushed because they just they feel it's better. It's like a they nice, like t- yeah. you know, you get to reconnect. It's a good ending. Yeah. Re- yeah. For so many adoptees, obviously the majority of, dop- of adoptees, that's not the case. Right. Did, you, did you try to find your parents? Yeah, I mean, they, then now that the internet, they have a database. You know, you can put your stuff in there. Yeah. Oh shit! And again, there's like another like digital met- message board and like a way, um, you know, to reach out and find. And, and there's more resources now that if if you know my mom or dad or whoever wanted to come forward it would be a little bit easier now even though you know that 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 some things have changed in terms of geography they still would know roughly about where i was and there's only so many large uh orphanages and and places within korea that you would check anyway and that are still in existence you you haven't heard anything nothing yet no no wow And, and that's i mean that's the whole thing is like i tell people is like that's that's okay and i think is that mm. there's for a lot of people <coughs> that haven't found their thing there is this there's this moment of emptiness to start that yeah. you have to deal with but you start to understand like this this you tried and th- this doesn't mean it's the end of the story it's just like this is it this for is now. just like yeah yeah, yeah. This so is then just the piece right now yeah, yeah and then for people who have met their family that just opens up a whole other panel i mean yeah box. that well yeah. fuck yeah, yeah. You know? so <laughs> i know people who have reconnected with a sibling uh, or um, or a parent, right? And there's there's a whole new chapter and thing to unpack with with those things that happen. And it's again, it's not it's not just a hug and a tearful. Yeah, yeah. And everything's and music great now. Swells. Hey, let's go eat yeah. food. Yeah, it's it's that is merely just the beginning of yeah. a whole new can of worms and things to to understand and figure out. So, I think that that and, and now you had asked before about the why could you have just been adopted by a Korean family? When I went back to the orphanage, the biggest thing now is they are promoting the right. hell out of, uh, within Korea, Korean to a Korean adoptees. Mm. Right. Um, ad- I'm sorry, adoptions within the country. Like all the posters on the thing were Korean, like Korean yeah. couple, Korean baby. Yeah. That's what all, all the posters were. And even if you are a Korean couple adopting a Korean kid, it's like you get, it gets expedited. Yeah. They like give, extra special treatment and they're like yeah yeah yeah, yeah here you go you know yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah so now there is this push i think there's there's still you know stuff that i've read there's still a lot of um you know things that the korea doesn't want to talk about with that too sure um there's there's a lot of shame on both sides of the thing yeah but i think the more that people come back the more we can talk about it like those wounds will heal hopefully eventually yeah um but yeah i think for korean adoptees it's so hard it took me 30 some 30 plus years to actually go back like get up the guts or whatever it was that i needed to go back and do this thing it took me that long so it's never you know for anyone it's never it's never too late like if you haven't gone yet don't feel bad about it you'll find your time or maybe you won't but i think it's like whatever the timing is right for you that's right for you um i want to kind of wrap up this section with this so there was this article and i I don't want to get into the whole thing it's like super long but it was like this korean adoptee person and she had kind of written about her experience and at the end she said something that was very interesting 
um, you know, she was saying that like, you know, many call on adoptees for reassurance that most of us are happy, well-adjusted and grateful. But then she goes on to write, they don't understand that it's possible to love our adoptive families while simultaneously living with trauma and a sense of displacement. Yeah. And my best friend growing up was adopted. He's Honduran. Oh, okay. But I grew up in Ohio. And like, I don't know, I, I guess like I always struggle with like my concept of home. Not because, I mean, yeah, yes, I moved here from Japan. And also, like, the home that I grew up in is no longer there. Like, my parents moved to Mexico. Oh, I You know, see. so I think a lot of people kind of deal with it. But, you know, he went back to Honduras when he was, like, 18 with his brother, who was also adopted from there. Yeah. And Honduras is not, like, Korea where, like, they, it's still, like, a pretty, you know, it's not a good place to be right now economically. And crime is at an all-time high. Yeah. It's not a safe place. I think with Korean adoptees, it's weird because it's, like, I think back then they were like, well, it's a poor country, so we got to get them out of here. And then now it's like popping. Now so, it's popping, yeah. So it's like, mm, who was saving who? You know what I mean? But, exactly, But yeah. with my friend Rob, he's, he went back there and he was like, it was awful. Like, you know? Yeah. And so for him, he loves like Chipotle and stuff, you know? Like, <laughs> like, for him, I mean, I talked to him about this, but it's like he, Ohio is really his home. Yeah. That's what he calls home. Oh, and and sure. that culture and like yeah. bonfires and shit, like when all the stuff that I went through, that those are his like important memories. You know what I mean? So sure, like, sure. I don't know. Like, I don't know what your thoughts on, you know, as you, you start to explore this Korean side of you, yeah. you know, you're like, oh, this is also part of who I am. But like, kind of, do you also struggle with like that duality of like kind of being, I guess like traumatized and loving home and kind of that. I mean, I, I think I did for a while for sure. But um, now I just feel like there's, you know, there's room for, for all of it. I, I mean, I think Phil, Philly's my home. Like that's what I consider home. Mm-hmm. I, everything that I, that, that makes me, me in many ways of like my growing up and where I spent the most time and where when I go back, I feel the most comfortable and like I could just close my eyes and walk around and feel safe and fine and know exactly what to do or where to go and how to be. It's Philly. Mm. So that that I know is is my home and where I feel most comfortable when it comes to Korea. It was, you know, that was just my first trip and it felt uh, what, what I do like about it is like I didn't go to the I didn't have time or I didn't give myself enough time to go to the surrounding like areas and the smaller areas just I just wanted to be in Seoul because that's where I was found right and something that struck me was like I felt so comfortable walking down the city streets of Seoul Mm. and I was like what it dawned on me was I'm a city kid Mm. I I love being in cities yeah and that's like even vacations and now like my girlfriend likes to be in the like woods she likes to see nature and always Sounds awful. Yeah, yeah. right. right. And all, all, <laughs> the, all the time, I, I want to, you know, I want to go down an alley and find a bar or do stuff like that. And it it dawned on me when I was in Seoul what what was the connection? What did I feel right about with Seoul? It was the city feel. Oh, shit. So that's the thing that I connected with with uh, with Seoul in many ways. And I do think that um, while while I'm still learning stuff and Seoul, you know, obviously can't feel like home the way Philly does. That's the one part that I found at peace with was that that vibe in the same way that Philly is kind of like Philly, uh, you know, is always I think for people in Philly think they have a chip on their shoulder and we yeah, yeah. always get compared or like we're not as good as New York or we're not as good as this. There's that vibe sometimes. And I think when I was in Seoul, because I've, I had told some people that I was visiting Seoul, and they're like, oh, why, why are you going to Seoul? But they didn't know the whole adoptee thing yet. Right. Um, I think Seoul can sometimes get lost in a shuffle, too, from places oh, like Tokyo oh. or yeah. stuff like that. I think Seoul, I mean, obviously now it's getting become more popular with some other you know, things that are happening within um, media and the scene for, for them. But those two things, I guess, in my brain, I wanted to put those two things together, that Philly and um, Seoul both feel like underdog 
cities. Whoa. And I, that's how that's I cool, felt. That's cool, man. Yeah, so that's how I felt. Whoa. And I was like... Uh, Wait, is this why you're a boxer, too? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he just does everything. I mean, no, yeah, I, I'm, you know I'm, a, I'm a boxer. You think you're Italian? <laughs> no, I'm made, uh, I, spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah, so 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 no, I, I, I mean, the, the boxing thing became because I had a friend who boxed in Philly, but it is very cliche uh, yeah. stereotypical That's in funny. Philly. You, you see I, him in Seoul like, hey, yeah, what, yeah, is, no, hey, what hey. is going on with the kimchi? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, who's this asshole? Um, <laughs> but no, I think it's like, I, I always, I, you know, love the idea of underdog stuff. And I think, you know, that's the part that, that I think brings the 360 for me is like Asian Americans. We are, we're scrappy right now. We are, we do feel like we're the underdog in many rooms and places. Mm. So that's what excites me now is, and what it all brings and what I guess makes me feel connected or feel like home to Philly, to Seoul, to the Asian American, um, you know, movement of trying to get ourselves more seen is like, it is an underdog story. And that's, that's where I feel like I come from. Damn. That's, that's beautiful. That was yeah. good. That, that was really that's I good. Got, I got goosebumps. I'm gonna no. check, <laughs> check it. Check out the, the com, coming too soon to a movie theater near yeah, you. Yeah, dude. You got Asians. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. And we're back uh, with our guest Ed Pukropski. I mean, did, did I Pukropski. 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 Yeah. Uh, and it is everyone's favorite segment. It is Das, das Race News. News. So this time we're going to talk about what everyone's been fucking talking about. Fucking the uh, coronavirus. Mm. It, it's uh, it's it's cute name. It, yeah. <laughs> It's doing its thing, I guess. <laughs> I don't know how to describe a virus, but um, yeah. Yeah. you know, right now I was I've been reading and it's wilding out. It's wilding out. <laughs> uh, and here's a headline from New York Times: as as the virus spreads, coronavirus, mm-hmm. so has anti-Chinese sentiments. Oh, and I've been thinking yeah. about all you know all this, and I've been reading on Twitter, and there's definitely like a thing I th- I feel where it's like there's a, you know. I'm not saying that if the virus had come from another part of the world, they wouldn't also kind of do this kind of, uh, you know, racial thing. Yeah. But at the same time, the whole it's a virus. It's from China. Chinese people are dirty. It's, yeah. you know, like they're yeah. also like uh, they're emerging power. Yeah. You know, they're kind of, you know, they, they've got. You say like this is how Americans or the West Western yeah. world sees China. So it's like yeah. it's like a, it's like a perfect little mashup. Yeah, you know, yeah. as, as for for China, this is like not just a health crisis, but like a PR nightmare. Yeah, it's like the worst yeah, yeah. thing that could happen. And, to and they're them. getting, yeah. it, I mean, they're getting from their neighboring countries too, right? It says like in Japan, the hashtag Chinese don't come to Japan has been trending. Oh yeah, great grammar. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> Singapore, they said no. South Korea, Hong Kong, they're not letting Vietnam. You know, they're like they're yeah. like posting things saying like Chinese customers are not welcome. So. Oh and, says, oh, and oh, France, you know, they, they did the best job here. And in France, <laughs> a front page headline in the regional newspaper warned of a yellow alert. Oh, shit. Ooh, this, had, is, this is why subtle. France <laughs> is uh, so irrelevant now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, you know, there, the, and here we are in Chinatown. Yeah. We record, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. so I just feel like there's, 
there is that like now you know you always get a sense of how the news is going when you go to a comedy show too because like there's always going to be like coronavirus jokes now yeah, I literally yesterday I was doing a show and I was like, what if I just cough for 10 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> I literally just said that. Perform, yeah. Very yeah. performative. Just, just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of crazy. There's definitely like, uh, you know, it's it's like there was already kind of like an anti-Chinese thing. Mm. And then this is just like excuse, excuse to, to like it? be like, well, let's really get into yeah. it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I never really th- I didn't really think about it like that. I totally see you. That said, yeah. like, you know, I think if this disease came from I don't know, like if this disease came from like any country, I, I don't know how else to handle viruses other than being, if you want to call it xenophobic for a little bit. Right. Just because yeah. you have to contain people because it's like right. invisible. Right. So like. If you say like, oh, I'm sorry, like Chinese citizens are not tra- allowed to travel right now, people will be like, oh, that's racist. But it's like, I don't know, like I don't from like a science perspective. I, I guess I like kind of get it. I think you, you I, know mean, what I mean it's sort of like I understand like you gotta keep quarantine people, people. Yeah, but it's like if if like this if there was a virus and it came from England, mm-hmm. would we suddenly not want any English? Not 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 travelers. I'm talking about like people who are already here. Yeah, already here. We'd be like, get out of here, English guy. You know, like, I mean, we make a it, bad joke it, about it. Is but, there yeah. like um like domestic xenophobia happening against Chinese people? Because I thought the article was more about like a lot of well, things are being canceled, but it, it's about like Chinese people coming here. So like right. concerts that were or like touring, you know, uh, orchestras are supposed to tour in China. Right. They're canceling their shit. Right. Right. Well, I mean, I think I think that's the thing is that um. It is. If you look at the facts, and, and we were talking about this before, is that you know this this virus totally scary. Yeah. yeah. Right. Very. You know. But um, the odds of you getting it, especially in America or like in a lot of other countries, very low. Mm, the yeah. fa- the odds of you dying from it pretty low. If you live in a first world country. If you like, live in like a if world we got country. it here, we probably live. We probably yeah. be right. Yeah. You know. But it's like I, I, w- I was telling you before. The thing that will probably kill you is a bus hitting you. You right, know, right, that's much right, more right. likely. But we're <laughs> yeah. not, we're not, we're not going no buses. Uh, please stay home. Yeah, buses. anti-buses. Yeah. Yeah, anti-buses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or I mean, you were even saying like the flu kills people. The flu, yeah, the, the flu, flu kills, is higher, yeah. the flu kills 80,000 people a yeah. year, right? Yeah, All yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's, again, it's not like about, it's not about the, uh, you know, I understand like, you know, you got to quarantine some motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it's more, it's more about like, yeah, the, the PR, the, the, yeah, the, the, the fact that people are like, just kind of there, the association yeah. that's being made mm. is like a is one that I could I think yeah it's one that uh, I think is like kind of too convenient for a lot of people is it called co-opting yeah. is that what it's called maybe it's kind of using this to push this other agenda it's like oh now we have a scientific reason to be racist yes you know? exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah. well you know yeah. science said I gotta be racist yeah 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 yeah, yeah, no yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all cool it's all good well yeah. I, my biggest thing with especially when it comes to uh, a virus is um, that a virus usually is not discriminatory and the thing is like there's a lot of travelers that go within and out of China every single day thousands of people oh. so I think yeah. that the, point. yeah so I think that the idea that that yeah you could quarantine a certain type of people once a virus gets out like that's the whole thing is you never know you never know who gets so, it who so it. the idea that like yeah you, you're playing the numbers and maybe you can assume these that the majority of people within this area could get it but it's already been proven that it's it's made its way out through other carriers of other races of right. other countries. So I think that's the part that I think to me just doesn't that doesn't jive with this idea of only targeting Chinese because yes, while it may have originated there, it, it's not like China is completely uh, closed off from outside visitors within these right, areas right, right, right. and more and more people 
are extending where they, you know, the range of where they visit. It's not just your major cities. They go out to these other places, too. Mm. So I think that just proves is that, um, yeah, I think it, it boils even down to more just people being lazy and shitty about this reason. Yeah. When it could, it, it could be carried by anybody, honestly. This is kind of a separate thing, but like, it's interesting to watch, like, the reaction because um, the, the, the Chinese government, like, shut down the city yeah. and they like you know you couldn't move around like 50 million people right there's like a couple big cities God, this, can you imagine like them shutting so down That's new so york big. city we would like i mean actually i don't know what we would do we'd probably just like panic yeah <laughs> well, it did shut down remember that when we uh, lost power for a little bit back, yeah like five years ago that was uh, you know and uh um I, uh, d- during the boston bombing they kind of like shut the city down there yeah. but yeah. that was like kind of like a little short thing yeah. but just imagine like you're like the, there's if the, if this happened in america it's like this imagine in the Upper West Side, yeah. there's like uh, this virus, right? And they're okay. We're gonna shut the city down. Holy fuck, man! You know, yeah. like I would just be like, I would be trying to hike out of here. Yeah, I'd be taking a boat or something. Yeah, because, you know, it's it's just it'd be it, even if the the and that's the thing is that even though this disease, while scary, is like not super duper dangerous. You know, I'm not trying to minimize it, yeah. but like it's yeah. not like Ebola. Yeah. Um. And so, you know, this is just like a little taste of what could happen yeah. if like real like shit happens. People don't you know? think about scale when talking about China because like, I mean, I don't know if that is true. Is, is, it, is it really 50 million people? Yeah. Because that is like ten, five times the size of New York City. Yeah. So yeah <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. how, how do you like shutting down the? How do you, how do you, how do you control down? that? Yeah. I don't know. You they, can't control 50 these million guys, people. These, 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 you know, they got them. Yeah. This is it. So, um. You know, the oh, back and back to your thing about like, would this happen if it was in the U.S. or the if it came from the U.K.? I was saying to a friend the other day is that like, we had swine, swine flu happen within the U.S. Mad cow disease was was the U.K. and oh, there yeah. wasn't there wasn't this same type of like anti. Um, oh yeah, you think people in Japan were like, no more Americans? No yeah, way! No yeah. way! No. No. So there wasn't yeah. the same. There wasn't the same. It was it was very much localized and. It was mad cow disease. It was about the cow. Swine <laughs> flu was about the pig. Yeah. It was about those things. It oh. wasn't about the people who were handling ah. all the how it, So that's just proof that like it is, It's it seems very specific to tie it into this anti-Chinese or anti-Asian sentiment because we've seen it happen before with other uh, people or other handling of food. And it, it, you know, that's the nature of have it eating meat and, and right. like that type of thing is that like these things can occur with any country with any sort of handling of food even if you're handling it in the most safest best way i mean chipotle had a um a salmonella outbreak with lettuce yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah, i yeah. think there's like these types of things um can happen so like it, it really could be any any group or any place next so like the idea of saying like oh it's it's a china it's a china problem it's a china the way it's like no this could happen anywhere. yeah mm. yeah 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 oh man well doctors are racist the world doctors is on fire <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy man yeah. fucking crazy. racist viruses um well, yeah okay well be careful out there anals yeah and uh we do have some listeners in china so oh we if do you're in china be careful don't go anywhere don't just move. chill. Let's just chill. chill. Stay put. You know, let's uh, do this podcast. And, and if yeah, <laughs> we're coming out with content as fast as we can, <laughs> yeah, just to keep it so going. that as you're trapped in your apartment, you know, and fighting off zombie hordes or yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, and if you're a non-Asian listener, you know, be nice to your Asian friends. You know, hey, they, we, they don't, don't, we don't got diseases. Don't I just got diseases. herpes. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> should, yeah you should be worried about and STDs. That's like nothing. Yeah, you <laughs> 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 should be worried about STDs. <laughs>
All right, Ed, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you guys You're for amazing. having me. Thank you for uh, talking about this. This is very cool. Yeah, I'm yeah. very excited to uh, release this, man. Do you have anything yeah. you'd like to plug? Where can our listeners find you? Yeah, so uh, I'm, I mean, mainly on Instagram. I'm at uh, E Popsky, E P O P S K I. Made it shorten my name to make it a little easier. Okay. So, yeah, yeah that's that's me on Instagram. And, I'm, you know, we're going to try to do some more stuff with the with the Asian Comedy Festival. Yeah. Uh, possibly, like, leading into it. And I still have uh, a show that I do called unwashed comedy uh which is like a stand-up all asian stand-up show and i have a version of it called night market that's like more of a variety right. show with like music acts and some oh, other yeah. things you got so one I'm coming out to, uh i'm trying to figure that out with the pick because we're trying to figure out like that plus the possible like things to sustain the comedy festival sure, like, sure, sure. like energy and vibe to yep. go through so trying to to figure all all that out um you know, I the other thing that's funny that you guys brought this up. I mean, this isn't something that I, anyone can see yet, but just talking about the adoptee experiences, I find I finished uh, a feature length uh, script on the story of me going back to Korea. Wow! And Whoa. it's it's mixed a little bit with like the real life uh, experience of what happened with a little bit of like fictional like. Uh, hard to mix in with it with a love interest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not necessarily a love interest, come but on. like, just, oh, come yeah. on, get the fans what we want. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mike just wants to see Asian <laughs> people fucking. Yeah, fucking. Oh, that's, that's what he thinks representation I, is. You know, <laughs> you, know, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna go on Pornhub and be look up. Asian adopted, adopted porn. Oh god, please. <laughs> if you do, please don't send it to me. No, <laughs> oh my god, that's going to be. Did but anyone no, order this sloppy joe? Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, so that would be the, so that's the next thing that I just I'm I'm going to start trying to like get that read and like get some feedback and shop it around. So, uh yeah, I felt like that would be relevant for this, but um yeah, just Follow me at epopsky, and I, I try to create a lot of content and do a lot of things too. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, man! Yeah. You can also find us on Instagram at Asian that Asian Pod, and I'm also on the rat the Fumiabe. That's T H E F U M I A B E. And you can find me on Instagram at Nice Pants Bro. Please come to our next Hack City Comedy Show. The next one is February 19th, eight o'clock at Canal Street Market. Visit Asian that Asian Pod.com for tickets, and then the one after hit that is up. yeah, hit him with uh, is March 18, and the one after that is April. 15th. So it's all it's always the third Wednesday. So and just go to asiannotasian.com, asiannotasian.pot, no, asiannotasianpot.com. Yep. And click on CS Live and all the all the ticket links are on there. Um I think that's it. Right? I think that's it. I that's think right. that's it. Ed, it was a pleasure. Thank you Dude, so thank much you for your sharing for everything, everything you guys do. Yeah, yeah man. No, thank you, man. Hey yeah. Knowles, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Okay, guys, we're back with our Patreon subscribers. Again, if you don't know what this is, we give a, a shout-out to our newest Patreon sub subscribers. So if you're not a subscriber, check us out at patreon.com slash asiannotasianpod and uh, give us your money. You get rewards like bonus episodes and shout-outs on the podcast, and you can pitch race through. So check it out. Uh, and now we're going to try to guess uh, your ethnicity based on your last name. Very yeah. racist game. Mimi Su. H-S-U. That's Wait, what? H-S-U. H-S-U. That's Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Okay. Taiwan. That's Taiwan. Taiwan. Let's I, go I with Taiwan. Taiwan. Let's go with Taiwan again. Penelope Tier. T-I-R. T-I-R. Tier. Tier. I'm going to say... I bet it's like a shorter Thai last name. T oh, it could be a shorter Thai. they always do that. You're they right. They it's like actually two... Tirafapapala. Hey, welcome. Shout out to Thailand. Hey, Thailand. Winnie Lok. L-O-K. L-O-K. Lok. Lok. I'm going to say um, Western Chinese. Western Chinese. Yes. Oh, be careful out there. <laughs> be careful if you're Muslim. Oh. <laughs> oh. Eve Korswan. 
K-O-R-S-U-W-A-N. We must be appealing to all sorts of people. Maybe we got Central Asians. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, we got on some sort of Spotify turkey (laughs) playlist. And now we're like all up and getting all these people from like the inner Mongolia. Yeah, I think this this person's from like Uzbekistan or some shit. Hell yeah. Yeah, welcome. Greg Okawachi. That is Japanese as fuck. My God. Holy shit. Here we go. Um, And lastly, we have Eric Demont. Demont? French. French. French guy. Bonjour. 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 Okay, guys. Thank you so much. And if you're not a subscriber, think about donating. Bye. This episode of Asian Not Asian is presented in partnership with Listening Party. Follow the crew on Instagram at Listening Party Presents and at Canal Street Market.